0: The Spanish Announce
1: Table. It is episode 433 of the Spanish Announce Table. And we're having a blast already, right? Tom and I get along like, uh, I don't know, two things to get along. Fuck it. You have found Pro Wrestling's best podcast. We are the Spanish Announce Table. That's Tom. I'm Tim. We like watching wrestling and we like talking about it to our wrestling friends that's where you come in you have to be our pro wrestling friends this isn't a question i'm telling you you must be our pro wrestling friends i know where you live you're going to be our friends right
0: yeah a fun fact about uh technology is as soon as you join the uh live stream uh, we have your location so that's pretty cool (laughs) is that true i don't know is it a lie Possibly, but we'll yeah. find out together, won't we? So be our wrestling friend. Yeah. Hey, Tim. And mm-hmm. speaking about being wrestling friends, we like to provide content to our friends. And you know where they can get the content that we provide, Tim? Oh, Spanish, I know where they can get it. com. That is where you're going to get Match of the Days from me. You're going to get the morning news from Tim. First off, the morning news. Can I just rave about this a little bit? I'm going to. You can't stop me. You do such a great job with the most soothing <laughs> voice to drink coffee to. And then on yeah. top of that, if, you're, if you'd are if like to, just because sometimes I do, I like to listen to Tim talk about the news and then read along because it's also in text underneath. So say you get to one story and then your try hard boss wants to stand over and you go, Hey, where's uh, the report that I asked for? And you're like, ah, fuck off, you know? And so you hit pause on Tim's voice, but then you can read and then you can hit again. And then they're joined back on the third story. If you'd like, so yep. you got the best news in the morning of the stories. You need to know, not this bullshit ass Oh, guess what? Chris Jericho saw CM Punk at a coffee store, and now they don't like each other more. Fuck that. We give you real shit, homie. We give you that real shit, dog. We ain't selling wolf tickets over here. We're giving you that real shit.
1: And these are quick. These are designed to be kind of your AP radio news breaks in the morning, right? These are generally two to three minutes long, couple stories of some of the biggest Topics and and I haven't encountered this yet, Tom. But there may be a day where nothing's newsworthy, and I'm just not going to do it that day. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm not going to give you bullshit like Tom is saying, right? Luckily, we haven't encountered that problem. And SpanishAnnounceTable.substack.com. That's where you can get everything right. Uh, The links to our social medias. You can subscribe to the podcast. uh, You can just you can donate money to us. You can buy a T-shirt through the link to Pro Wrestling Tees. It says buy our shirt. Uh, there's mm-hmm. all kinds of fun stuff you can do there at Substack on the com, <clears throat> including one of those daily articles, Tom, is one that I like to call On This Day in Pro Wrestling, where we cover something cool that happened on this day in pro wrestling. And, you know, I thought of that because we used to have a fun segment uh, back in the day of the pro wrestling, mm-hmm. you know, Table Nation fans will remember here, <clears throat> where we would cover that stuff that happened during the week uh, in history of pro wrestling. And to make it fun, we
0: would make you kind of guess yeah. parts of
1: it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I kind and of want to bring that back. Oh, yeah, and ahead.
0: here's the even here's even the more fun thing. Join the live chat on YouTube as we're doing this. And as Tim gives us the on this day, I will guess, but so can you. And you we have a timestamp of when you guessed and if you got it before I said it or Tim said it. So right. that's another reason why to join the live stream on youtube.com slash Spanish announce tube. Uh but yeah, Tim, on this day. Yep. Let's get it going again. I like so, it. So uh for this
1: pilot episode of on this Day, we will uh be covering every you know uh, five topics here. I picked something Monday through Friday of this week that we are here and, and we'll discuss something that happened each of those days in pro wrestling history, right? You like it? It's yeah, yeah we and we like to call it on this Day pretty simple right so tom first up may 1st 2005 wwe backlash was held in manchester new hampshire the main event featured batista defeating triple h to retain the world heavyweight championship also on the show kane accompanied by lita defeated which superstar who was accompanied by trish
0: stratus Oh, uh, I was going to say Gene Snitsky. Mm. Um, mm. Accompanied by Trish Stratus. Uh-huh. Kane, Kane was accompanied Lita. by Lita. Yeah, Kane and Lita. And then that's when they did. I even... I'm going to say Gene Snitsky. Gene Snitsky? Close. It was Viscera. I don't know why
1: that's close. Oh, after... well, <laughs> yeah, creeps, it is. Both crazy. Same creeps, kind of, yeah. 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 So after the match, Stratus berated Viscera for losing until he put her in a bear hug, mm. gave her the big splash. She was carried I out. I do remember that. The stretcher not to be seen for several months. Yeah. Yeah. Viscera. What a character, huh? What comes to mind when I tell you Viscera? Nothing. King Mabel Mabel Mm -hmm. is what comes to mind.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. Men on a mission. Remember that? Not the uh,
1: Ministry of Darkness, not Viscera.
0: No, that was weird. <laughs> and then when he's doing like the sexual chocolate ripoff, because it was really Mark Henry, but just fatter, you know, I didn't like that either. But men on a mission, King Mabel. I like that. I liked uh, when he went heel and it was him and Diesel. Remember that for the WWF cha- championship? Yeah, King King Mabel, uh, and Mabel and men on a mission. That's what I remember more that's of good stuff. that gentleman
1: yeah yeah, viscera that that one sticks out to me as the Mark Henry sexual chocolate ripoff right because mm-hmm. it's it's you know the, the the whole thing about Mark Henry was you don't expect this large you know man to be you know a player but viscera they turn it into just this this scary creep.
0: looking creep yeah just yeah. yeah
1: you don't want your kids around this man
0: yeah it was it was hey we don't have anything for viscera well do you remember when we did that Mark Henry thing yeah what if you think if we did it fatter? okay let's just do that then that's all it was <laughs> all right next up day. may 2nd 2000 Ooh, that's okay jesus 23 years ago okay
1: uh, yeah the main that's event a lot of living. yeah the main event of a wcw thunder taping at the <laughs> <laughs> in 2000 <laughs> okay All right, the main event of, I knew you would get a kick out of this one, the main event of a WCW Thunder Taping 2000, remember, WCW 2000. Oh, yeah. At at Mid-South Coliseum in Memphis, Tennessee, saw Ric Flair win a battle royal to become the new number one contender for the WCW heavyweight title. How many competitors were in this battle royal in WCW 2000 on a Thunder
0: Taping? God it couldn't have been that much because they couldn't afford that many people. Um, yeah, I'll be really shocked if you guess this. Was it five? Was it like no. EDP and way higher, and way higher than 30? Five. 30? It was 41. 41
1: man all royal. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I didn't do any further investigating because. It's WCW 2000 that's all I needed to hear. Uh also as a little caveat this match is also the last time Randy Savage would appear in a WCW ring. May 2nd
0: 2000. Why? That's um, is it So here's the thing about quick side note about WCW mm-hmm. 2000 that I've always been curious about. When I think of WCW 2000, I think of Kevin Nash, Rick Flair, Jeff Jarrett, Scott Steiner, Booker T. But for whatever reason Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Scott Hall, um, DDP was also there because obviously the David Arquette thing. But there was a lot of like of those legacy guys that just was like, nope, not not here anymore. And I was just like, how the fuck did that happen?
1: Yeah. They just it just fell say, apart oh, yeah, like, so fast. Yeah. Did WCW 2000 or just yeah. WCW. Like it just there at the end, it was just like, Oh, we're not winning anymore. And then all of a sudden, it was just like we forgot how to do this. <laughs>
0: just everything. Yeah, we're gonna apart. push. We're gonna push a faction with uh, Road Warrior Animal and Rick Steiner, and that's gonna be what gets us over the top. What the fuck? Yeah. All
1: right. Yeah. WCW 2000. All right. We'll, we'll move on. May third, nineteen ninety eight. Okay. ECW. Wrestlepalooza 98 on Enemy Turf was held at the Cobb County Civic Center in Marietta, Georgia. The card featured Shane Douglas defeating Al Snow to retain the ECW world title.
0: Yeah, that was at the very end. and, they, and Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It was the last, yeah, Al Snow left after that uh, to WWE, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. WWF at the time. Rob Van Dam retained the ECW TV title in a 30-minute draw with Sabu. Also on the card, Chris Candido and Lance Storm defeated Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten to retain the ECW Tag Team titles. Tom, what was the tag team name for Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten? ECW 1998. It's very fitting when you see it, but I don't think you'll guess it. (laughs) Because it's probably how everybody would explain... Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten to people.
0: So Axel Rotten didn't really have a, like, I mean, remember he did the Taipei fucking mm-hmm. death match with, uh, with the other rotten. Um, but he didn't really have anything. Now balls Mahoney had a fucking chair, right? So you keep saying it's on yeah. the nose. Mm-hmm. The chair swinging. Shitheads or something. Yeah, the know. hardcore chair swinging freaks. Is the name. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I was almost there.
1: Oh my so god! So you were close. Yeah, yeah, that I was like, that's that's exactly how you would describe yeah. Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten to people. <laughs> that's know. exactly what it is. That's ECW. On the, I I I thought you might be close with this one because you were the ECW. Oh, but 1998,
0: 1998 ECW. I mean, 1998, just generally speaking, in pro wrestling was fucking incredible. But ECW, because that's when you had Al Snow going fucking wild with those foam heads and head 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 head. Shane Douglas was still your champion, but still like almost like bigger than the ECW brand. He was becoming Mm -hmm. like that john cena you know for modern day fans and then you had taz on the come up that was just like i'm throwing every motherfucker out of this ring including bam bam bigelow and then you had balls mahoney like we were just speaking of he would always get the balls 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 and then you had fucking the dudleys and yeah ecw 1998 incredible go back and watch it if you have it
1: I like that. Jeffrey Sills in the chat on the YouTube, which, by the way, if you're watching this live, we go Thursday nights typically 15 p.m.-ish central time. Just, just you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel. You'll get the notifications. He says, what up to the best tag team since the Hogan-Edge connection. I'm kind of double watching you guys in the Panthers versus Maple Leafs. Hashtag vamos got those. Uh, Yeah, understandable. Totally understandable. Mm-hmm. We get it. Sports are sports. And that, you know, watching that live generally takes precedence over some things, which is why. You can always watch this later on demand on that same YouTube channel, or you can get the podcast. All those links again available at com. And he says, "Isn't Balls Mahoney the guy who New Jack tried to kill?" Is that?
0: No, that was Mass Transit. Remember, ah. it was that seventeen-year-old guy who filled in, and he's like, "I can bleed," and New Jack's like, "Really, motherfucker?" Yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. and just wop, yes, wop, you wop, can. Wop, 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 wop. Now I will clarify. Uh, He might be talking about many different people. New Jack tried to kill a lot of people. The one that is the most famous is called because his name was mass transit because he was a big fucking like uh, subway worker. That was his gimmick. Uh, not yeah. the same one shot, like an actual subway. Um, yeah, not Jared. <laughs> right. But like that was the most famous one. But yeah, he also tossed a motherfucker off of a scaffold. He tried to kill that old fucking uh, Native American wrestler right before he died. Before he died. Yeah, he, there's a lot yeah. of shit.
1: Well, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. We don't know if Jeffrey Sills is even referencing on screen attempts to kill a human being because New Jack probably the pool widens if we go, well, you know, to off screen as well.
0: One of my favorite quotes in pro wrestling comes from Joey Styles about New Jack. And he says, you know, and everything in pro wrestling is uh, inflated and, you know, you try to make yourself bigger than what you are. So so excuse me. So New Jack has seven justifiable homicides. Given the pro wrestling math, that's at least three. So yeah. he's a killed at least three fucking at people, least three
1: humans. Right.
0: And he's in our locker room.
1: Yeah. Just <laughs> hanging out. Just new Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Ninety nine, nineteen ninety eight 1998 was a wild time in a pro wrestling locker room. I'll tell you that might've been one of the most, keep your head on a swivel times ever. God, I would like have that. fucking loved Jeez.
0: it. Wouldn't you have loved it, Tim? Let's just be generous oh. for a quick second. Yeah. Our wives aren't listening. I would have been doing so yeah. many fucking cocaine oh, rails just off of yeah. any and everything. All the painkillers. Slinging chairs. Slinging really. chairs at fucking my best yeah. friends, hitting them in the face. Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: I, if I walk into a restaurant where one of the other wrestlers was working, I would instantly be chair-shotting them in the back. Like, it was a wild time. It was the Wild West in pro wrestling days back then. I would have loved it.
0: It was a live-action Denny's. You know what I mean? Like, just fucking going around.
1: They are <laughs> traveling Denny's lobby, was the attitude there <laughs> wrestling locker rooms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was a traveling Denny's lobby, yeah. All right, that's good stuff. Well, then let's take another look at what happened on this day, May 4th, 2002. Okay, at a TNA impact taping in Orlando, Florida, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall Mm -hmm. won a handicap match to become the TNA World Tag Team Champions. Which wrestler? Did they defeat singles wrestler? Did they defeat in a handicap
0: match to win the TNA World Tag Team Championships? Purely a guess, but I would feel like this would make the most sense. Christopher Daniels? Nope, it's Matt Morgan. Remember when uh, they were trying to
1: push Matt Morgan as like the next big
0: <laughs> I Matt Morgan. Here, here's my story about Matt Morgan. I went to a show in Wichita, Kansas with, and I'm not kidding you, 30 fans, 3-0, 30 fans. Mm. Main event mm. was champion Samoa Joe versus Matt Morgan. Matt Morgan lost, Samoa Joe won. You could go in the ring. You could meet Samoa Joe and AJ Styles, get a picture with them. After I did that. Matt Morgan's back there. I was like, Hey, can I get uh, a picture? He goes, heels don't sign autographs. And then fucking did the thing. And I was like, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, no one douche. knows you. Wouldn't you want pictures? Cause you'd like, you're fucking a nobody. Yeah. What a goof. What a yeah, fucking what a goof. goof. In that uh, instance, he's probably a good guy, but fuck him. Uh,
1: also, of note there, if you'll remember, Eric Young would also be recognized along Nash and Hall and would defend the titles under the Freebird rule. If you'll remember, they were the band.
0: Mm-hmm. What a shit yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it ended with, yeah. And I think it ended with just Kevin Nash walking out of the ring like, yeah, I'm done with this. And he just walked up the ramp and just never been. Well, we yeah. kind of saw him again because then they did the main event mafia. But there was a time period where him and Hall were just gone. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Main Event Mafia was good stuff, though. We should go back and watch, like, the Main Event
0: Mafia. Main (laughs) Event. It's one of the rare things in pro wrestling where the heel faction was good, but the baby faces sucked. So typically, like, you get a good, strong baby face, but, like, there was no one to, like, oppose them. It was all just, like, AJ Styles getting dark and growing his hair out or something. It was just nothing good but yeah Yeah. main event mafia was fun but
1: that collection of folks was just provided material that still lives on to this day especially the scott steiner stuff i want to go relive all the scott steiner impact run like just Mm -hmm. go back and watch his segments week over week and just relive that for a moment (laughs) yeah all right we'll move on to the final may 5th 2002 One of the biggest moments in WWE history occurred. One that would change the company forevermore. What happened? May 5th, 2002. Okay, and you said what now? It's one of the biggest moments in WWE Mm -hmm. history. One that would change the company forevermore. What happened?
0: Get the F out.
1: Yeah. World Wrestling Federation Entertainment Incorporated officially became world wrestling entertainment incorporated the company name change was a result of losing a lawsuit in the united kingdom to the world wildlife fund regarding use of wwf initials and the new wwe branding would be unveiled the next day
0: get the f out i barely even remember it these
1: days now yeah
0: because i was in high school and all of my friends who hated pro wrestling was like what the why are we calling it something different i'm like well People think you can get a panda and Stone Cold Steve Austin confused. So like they're just doing this thing. And I didn't understand it at the time. Now, <laughs> fucking apparently the WWF had or WWE had a agreement with the WWF of like, hey, we won't like abuse this. And then they just started slapping just WWF without any like rock or Stone Cold stuff. And then the World Wildlife Fund was like, no, 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 no. You can't just have those letters. And nothing accompanying it. Like people think that that's our shit and you guys fucking suck. And so then that's when they took him to court. But um, at the time I was like, fucking what a goddamn giraffe and big show. You could get confused. You know, I was being a fucking Mark, but yeah. uh, Yeah. yeah, And that case
1: honestly was one of the first cases that really dealt in because of the growing kind of globalism of the economies of the world was the first that kind of dealt in this like multinational dispute. Right. Because, before, you know, in America, we could do whatever the hell we want. And then, like, in England, they could also have the same name. And they'd be like, well, fucking mm-hmm. who gives a shit, right. right? Like, it's England, it's America. And so it was, like, kind of a landmark even decision sort of in, you know, intercorporation litigation there, if I can make up a term. Uh, Jeffrey Sill says, I like this new segment. Thanks. It's a new, oldish segment that we're sort of reviving. And I think we're going to change up a little bit. I think what we may be doing on the live streams is giving you a sneak peek to the next week. So then we can cl- uh, so clip we can, it and you can you watch know, it later social media. on that day. <laughs> right? But you can get the sneak peek by watching this on the live stream because you're awesome like Jeffrey Sills is in the chat. But, yeah, that was... Day. Like that graphic there? Isn't that fun? did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, normally what we do also is we give you a rundown of AEW Dynamite because it's the best wrestling
0: show in television. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it, it yeah. had a good one last night. Uh, Tim, and we kicked it off with an Orange Cassidy match with a twist. So last night we kicked it off uh, with an eight man tag. It was Orange Cassidy, Adam Cole, Bandito, Roderick Strong versus the JAS, which consisted of in this match, Angelo Parker, Daniel Garcia, Jake Hager and Money Matt Menard uh what did you think about this hodgepodge of disputed era versus jas
1: <laughs> what a disputed era i like that disputed era it is a little disputed right uh, yeah. <laughs> um long right this went through like two commercial breaks didn't it
0: yeah my i thought it was fun i thought bandito When Bandito can stand next to the likes of uh, Orange Cassidy, Adam Cole, um, and to a lesser extent, Daniel Garcia and 2.0, that helps him out. I just thought, I get it. Orange Cassidy and Bandito are here because they have beef with J.E.S., but it was really just Adam Cole. You know what I mean? And we were trying to capitalize on that Roderick Strong... Coming back last week, which I might have mentioned this last week on the podcast, but he's coming out to the old CM Punk song. You know that? You know when CM Punk – yeah, when CM Punk debuted in WWE, the song he used is the song Roderick Strong is using right now. Interesting. Must be a a free play, but I don't know. Um, But go check it out. It's 100% the same thing. Before he came back with uh, Cult of Personality. It was the one before that. Anyhow. Um. But, yeah, I just thought there was too many moving parts here for a story that was Adam Cole wants to beat up Jericho.
1: So, again, if their goal was, yeah, like, hey, let's let's put Adam Cole in this position where he gets to be mad at Jericho and then we're going to do this segment afterwards, they accomplished that. And, uh, again, being there live was probably awesome because there was a lot of spots. It was Mm -hmm. good. I just felt like, man, by the time that second commercial rolled around, I was like, man, are we – this is the whole night. We're taking the whole night with this, man.
0: Well, and, and that's a credit a little bit to the AEW roster because you're like, no, I still want to see what is the Blackpool Combat Club going to do? What is the Elite going to do? Hey, what's up with this trio's uh, Battle Royal? Who's in that? Who's, you know, and all that. So, yeah, it was a little bit of like, this is a good match, but it on the train of AEW, there's not a lot of filler. Like, we want our fat trimmed and get it going because, like, there's so much to to watch, but I will say I did like how Adam Cole picked up the victory, got the pinfall one, two, three, but immediately didn't even like, fuck Roderick Strong, fuck orange Cassidy, Bendito, all those guys. I'm out of here. Ran right up to commentary because Chris Jericho was on commentary, wearing the Britt Baker t-shirt, which we may get into in just a second. And then took him out, took out the backstage or excuse me, the, uh, the, the, the uh, backing to the commentary desk, you know, Took him through there, hit him, hit him, hit him and stuff. What'd you think about just the immediate Adam Cole runs up to get Jericho? What'd you did you like that? What'd
1: you like? Good spot again. Uh that's what they built this whole thing to, right? I, I noticed him coming out earlier before the match with the shirt was a nice touch to get him mad. Uh, Justin Floor here in the chat says, "Fun fact: Orton used CM Punk's yeah. theme before he had it. Interesting. Yeah. Well, and
0: I, yeah, and I will say, like, the only reason I say the CM Punk thing is because he used it for a longer period of time. But yeah. yes, Randy Orton did use it yeah. first. Yes, 100. Um, but yes,
1: I like this. I like that. Uh, you know, he's fighting, and then he's well, I don't, I don't. Does security have
0: him, uh, yeah, tied yeah, up yeah,
1: yeah. when Britt Baker comes out and slaps him around, no, calls well, him no, bitch, that's Jericho. A later
0: Oh, that's that's later a little in, bit later. Right. Yeah, yeah. So." So after the match, yeah, that happens. And then um, uh, and then we go backstage to Jungle Boy and mm-hmm. Darby Allin. Um, but before we get there, I want to talk to you a little bit about this T-shirt that seems to be making waves on social media. So Britt Baker had a Yeah, this was in our news posted. even. Yeah. yeah, so there was a photo that she posted herself of having a black guy from getting beat up by the outcast. Now, Jericho was also there. Um, but she posted the photo, the outcast being those dastardly heels said, ha we'll make it a fucking t-shirt yep. to a wrestling fan. I would hope that's just cheap heat, right? But apparently out of the fucking thin, dusty fucking clouds of shit talking, we had to say like, this was. Uh, encouraging domestic violence what the fuck was that about
1: yeah yeah i don't know who first brought that up or said it i, I get what they're saying is like it, it, i i i took what i th- i gathered that their complaint was this imagery can conjure thoughts uh, you know what i mean that that of uh domestic abuse which i'm not gonna lie the first time I saw the picture, I was like, man, she looks like a b- battered wife photo. So that's true. It does look similar to photos you see of people who have been the victims of domestic abuse. I understand that. That could be true. But that doesn't mean you're supporting domestic violence. It's not like you put beat your wife on right. <laughs> on the shirt. This is her. This is whatever. Now, I, I don't. I don't know that you want to go through being like, what is that shirt? Be like, Oh, it's a wrestling thing. They'll be like, okay. Like, so I get it. I get my, I probably wouldn't buy it maybe because it does somewhat appear that way. But to say like that, it supports it somehow feels like a stretch.
0: Yeah. Well, so I got a couple comments on this one. The shirt sucks. Like I would never buy it. I'd never wear it. It's just a filler t-shirt that like a hardcore of hardcore of hardcore fans would ever wear. Right. And they would probably just wear it on a podcast you know what i'm saying um the second thing though is this is the widest most privileged fucking statement to ever say you motherfuckers have never seen chicks fight i'm from the fucking meanest part of east kansas city where fucking bitches like that were every week in my school like we saw a woman a week looking like that we didn't think oh her boyfriend beat her up we thought whitney was probably talking shit to ashley and that's the shit that happens probably so like Yeah, probably fuck some
1: other girls, girls, man, and
0: got caught. So you motherfuckers that just instantly went to domestic violence and not, oh, she must have got her ass kicked for talking shit are so privileged, like fucking, I don't know, get some dirt on your hands, you fucking cowards. Uh, So it was just the dumbest thing to talk about on Twitter. It was so fucking silly because here's the other thing. And Britt Baker, to her credit, brought this up. No one, no one brought up all the fucking t-shirts where she's bleeding from the fucking head right Nobody said this is supporting murder right yeah no one fucking had a problem with that but apparently a black guy they also said if if a guy would have
1: made this shirt nobody would have said this is supporting domestic violence
0: yeah no one would have been like oh he got his ass kicked by his wife (laughs) fucking people just love to fucking complain don't they like i'm the master of complaining but even this was like a level that is just fucking stupid yeah you know what i mean That's
1: another segment we need to to bring back is what can't tom complain about
0: (laughs) you remember you said free money and i made that shit sound fucking horrible (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's good stuff good stuff all right so we go backstage jungle boy uh told Darby Allen neither one of them had headlined a pay-per-view before, and if they beat MJF and Sam Guevara, they will be added to the main event. <laughs> okay. And Allen said they'll win tonight in then showtime. Okay, cool. Then we get to in the back, Adam Cole is being escorted out by Chris Jericho, which may seem like Jericho's gonna press charges, I guess, is the yeah, kind of I guess what because like it's when does that ever happen, anyhow. But so as Adam Cole's being escorted out and Jericho's like, ah, get that criminal out of here. Britt Baker calls him a bitch and smacks him upside the head. Yeah. And then a security guard takes Britt Baker yeah. out. What'd you think of that? Segment? Bitch
1: Jericho, she kept shouting, right? Which, yeah. yeah, that could take off. That'd be fun. Good. I mean, you know, this fits, right? I, I've I've often wondered in situations like that, right? You've got Adam Cole getting beat up, like, I know, you know, ladies don't make it a big business to go around beating up the fellas, uh, you know, but like when you go out there and at least try to get in the way mm-hmm. of your of your man getting beat up. So this fits mm-hmm. and I like it
0: again. I, I, I will go back to my uh, life experience. I have seen many of men get arrested at house parties and their girlfriends try to smack the cops and stop everything from happening so he doesn't get in the cop car. So that would make sense that fucking Britt Baker would come out and do this. Um, So again, this is just another fucking Friday night in Independence, Missouri. Um, So, yeah, I liked it. However, this is where I need things tied up is because, okay, so Britt Baker is is consumed with what the fuck is Chris Jericho doing to my boyfriend, Adam Cole? Wouldn't you as the outcast go like, well, I'm going to beat this bitch's ass. She's not even looking at us. And then jumper like, you know
1: to give you some insight into what tom's talking about with independence missouri i i love the story of when he got me a gig doing a uh, MCing for a cage fighting you know round of matches that evening an event mm-hmm. mma event <clears throat> i told my wife i said all right i'm gonna go to this event and do the show and she says where is it i said it's in independence missouri and she was like jeez you gotta go all the way to independence missouri and i said well yeah where do you think the people who want to beat each other up for a living are? <laughs> she was like, "Oh yeah, that makes
0: sense. Yeah, yeah. Independence, Missouri. Yeah, meth capital of the world. <laughs> More meth arrests per capita than any fucking city in this country. God damn it! What?
1: Yet somehow you never got nabbed for it.
0: That's interesting. That's good stuff. Not once. <laughs> almost. Once. Yeah, not but yet. Not once. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely not yet. yet. Yeah. <laughs> you want to know why I got married? No. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> All right. So then let's get back to the show. So then the highlight of the fucking night happened next. Look, we had a lot of fun stuff happen in this show. But I don't think anything warmed my heart more than backstage Brian Danielson saying Bret Hart is a piece of shit. <laughs> that segment great. was so fun.
1: Yeah, I first of all, uh I never thought of the tired old phrase that Bret Hart uses cuz we're, you know, we almost just make fun of it anymore. But I never thought of like, yeah, that's a really egotistical saying. Now, that makes sense. I mean, if you, especially when you're a heel that you would have an egotistical saying. But uh, I like that he was just like, well, here's something. I'm better than that guy I ever was. And you know what's funny? He's right. That's what's even better about this. But if you go back and watch it. I almost use it as one of our backgrounds if it just wasn't so far, you know, like zoomed Mm -hmm. out on the screen. Moxley's face when he says it. He's like, oh, shit. (laughs) Like, just like, okay, yeah, I don't think Moxley knew that line was coming, and it was great stuff. I love this whole segment, the whole thing, Daniel's part, and then even what we got from Mox.
0: Well, the thing that I like about Danielson is uh-huh. he even said like, it's a very selfish thing to say that you're going to be the best you there that ever will be, because what you should do, if you really love pro wrestling is making sure that the future is better than you. And then he even goes, this shithead. I don't even know if you have a shithead, but he's like, this yeah. shithead. Yeah. Utah, is going to be better than me. Hopefully. And it was yeah, just he like, said some shit
1: like little shit or shithead or yeah. something. He did. Yeah.
0: But yeah. I just so far with this, you know, heel version of the blackpool combat club one of my favorite attributes of the whole crew is that brian danielson is still staying true to like we're the fucking best even this guy fucking udon like like it's like we're the fucking best and i don't even like this guy but (laughs) (laughs) right it's always just a it's a backhanded fucking compliment it's it's the
1: it's the rougher cooler thing of the brandon cutler role right where yeah. he's there like we don't even fucking like this guy but like get in the bus come on let's go exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah we
0: we can see the talent all right yeah. get the
1: fuck in yeah he's a and fucking then, dork but he's our fucking dork and don't you touch yeah. it
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah if he wasn't so credible the fun thing to do there would be to have yuda and cutler in a match but cutler has not been made to look no, credible man. in any sense of the word um, but yeah, so then we go into John Moxley, and John Moxley talks about how him and Omega, just like it was in 2020, just like it was in 2021. 2022 now 2023 it's a rivalry that feels like it's been a thousand years old and it'll never change and then he goes on to essentially say like this John Moxley is a little bit crazier than the one you faced last time and we got a steel cage match and I'm gonna wear you out and so Denny Omega I think, you know, we'll get to his part in a little bit, did fine. But John Moxley just does such a great job of like, I'm not a character like yeah. this isn't Dean Ambrose. This is this is Jonathan Good and I'm going to fucking hurt you. And so yeah. I just John Moxley promos are great.
1: That's what I like about the John Moxley character, I think. Even his, you know, I I don't think his in-ring matches are bad, but that's not what I'm looking forward to with the John Moxley character in these storylines. It's these moments. It's these promos where it's just like, it just feels like any guy that you know that's sitting down and is finally pissed off enough that we have to have a fucking conversation, right? Like, you and I now got to go out back and sort this out. And it's everything you expect to hear there, right? Like, where... You fucking did this, so now i got to punch your fucking nose through the back of your skull and fucking go fuck your wife uh, on my way out. And there's not shit you're going to do about it. And that's how the whole Moxley thing comes across, and I love it.
0: Oh, still to this day, and I know it wasn't that long ago, but I think it's going to be a promo that at least lives in my memory for a very long time. But in the hallway when he's sitting on the stairs talking about how hangman isn't the animal that he is. And he's bleeding from his eye or from above his eye. And you can't see his eye as all the blood is yeah. filling it. And then the camera guy stuff. even goes, "Is like, look at the fucking blood that's dripping from his head. And he is just vicious yeah. and just spit and venom. Oh, Moxley promos. It's so crazy to think quick sidebar. It's so crazy to think you play that fucking promo. And then you go to like Dean Ambrose promos and it was like, that's the same human. That's the same human saying the same things, not same things, but you know, saying words. Well, and I then think it, ain't it even becomes mostly-
1: more clear of why he was so disenfranchised there, especially with how he says, you know, there's two sides of every story, but it, so he may have embellished somewhat because of his annoyance with WWE. But like, I get where, He's like, hey, listen, I want to do this thing. This is who I am. And they're like, no, 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 you're going to be something completely wildly different that isn't in your bones. And yeah, it was never going to be good. Right. Like, it wasn't ne- like, I don't want to say everything Dean Ambrose did was bad, obviously, but like, no, it, just,
0: I, it wasn't this. Right. I, well, yeah. Cause I think, honestly, this is again a sidebar. We'll get back into dynamite in a second. I honestly think it was Vince McMahon looked at him and because, Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, Jonathan Good, whatever you want to call him, didn't look like Brock Lesnar. When he said, this is the idea I have for my character, Vince McMahon said, well, you don't got any muscles, so it has to be a little bit of a comedy, right? Like, you're just a yucky, yucky, shuck, shuck guy. You're just going to be kind of crazy. Oh, boy, he's a crazy guy, but he's harmless, right? Like, he's always going to be upper middle card, but never the guy, because He has no biceps. He has no bench press. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's like In
1: fact, early Dean Ambrose, right? Like shield Dean Ambrose into shortly after leaving the shield, he was more like he is now because it was more of that kind of gimmick, right? Like they were, you know what I mean, the security guards gone rogue to start, right? And then
0: Well, do you recall going back to one of my worst takes, because I've had a million of them, when I was like, they need to make uh Dean Ambrose a sleazy pimp? Because that's kind of vibe he had. Remember he had the slick back hair and stuff? I was like, remember The Godfather? You need to make a sleazy version of it. Hey, him. hold on.
1: That, that would have been, I still might. Let's talk to him. Let's get him on the, on the phone. Well, when he's this his Blackpool hair, so... Combat Club
0: runs dry. Yeah, but get him a hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was fun times. All right, so let's get back to Dynamite here. Uh, Tim, shocker of the night. So we just talked about probably our favorite moment of the night. Someone shitting on Bret Hart, as it should be each and every week. But here's the shocker of the night: the women's match was next. We had Soraya with not the not before the main event, not before the main event. We said so much more. Show this was still in the first hour. It wasn't even at the top of the hour. <sighs> crazy second match of the night. That's yeah, crazy. Been... Yeah, so we had because well, the first with match the was like
1: 75 minutes long, but yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. So Soraya with the outcast. The mox father, on. Jeffrey Sills says. <laughs> the mox father. Yes. yes. But no, I'm thinking more sleazy. <laughs> we'll, we'll try to find the audio, but it's more sleazy. Right. It's more like, hey, guys, uh, I don't have change for a five. My, my woman only needs one. So anyone, you know. It's a little bit. Yeah, so not even an effective pimp, right? Just yeah, no, no, no an no. Independence,
1: Missouri pimp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I can show you some of the guys. That yeah, thinking about. It's like, listen, yeah. I used to go. Sh- or you know, I, you know, I you never
1: mind. Yeah. No,
0: <laughs> I'll show you some. Yeah. Hey, but support local business. Anyhow, Soraya took on Willow Nightingale. I support local <laughs>
1: business all the time. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, Fucking I'm hookers and blows. About. A lot of money. <laughs>
0: You don't think that goes right back to the community? Because it does.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had to purchase the illegal handgun.
0: <laughs> Come on. Purchase.
1: I gave money to somebody. <laughs>
0: yeah. Someone ate dinner off the money I gave them. Okay. So it was Soraya versus the warmth uh, of sunshine in this mm. black cold world. Willow Nightingale. And Tim, before we even get into the goddamn match, fucking look. I love the post match angle. long story short, Surrey wins because Outcast has the numbers. But that's what I want to talk about. How many fucking weeks do we have to do fill in the blank outcast member with the other two comes out against the baby face with no one around? Just oh, got it. this will this will work out this week. And I love Willow Nightingale. But let's not treat these fucking women like they're stupid.
1: Yeah, every single time the outcasts get involved. So why wouldn't you bring protection, especially once we've seen all these people buddied up? All of them in other matches have had pals and friends helping them out.
0: Yeah, because you know, if you go fast forward to the main event and you have baby faces and heels, but the baby faces and Jungle Boy and Darby Allen don't like each other. So it wouldn't be like if Jungle Boy goes in there in a match against numbers, Darby Allen's going to hate uh, like him or go out there with him cuz he's gonna be like fuck that guy. I hope he does get beat up. But in this Riho likes Nightingale, who likes Jamie Hayter, who likes Britt Baker, at least for this time being. So why wouldn't they just walk out with her? It makes no, oh, it was, as soon as it happened, I was like, I know how this fucking ends, but I will say after the match, I did not anticipate this. So yes. as predicted, outcasts are beating up on Willow Nightingale and son of a bitch. Here she is. The music of Hikaru Shida hits. And a Karo Shida, which, sidebar, did you see the fucking shoes she was yeah. in? Yeah. To run in yeah. those deserves a fucking round of applause, but we'll get to that later. But she comes out with her kendo stick. She stands there and she does the, the stereotypical baby face about to turn where she stands there and doesn't really. Uh, and then she drops it and hugs the outcast hug, 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 hug isn't this great? And then the outcasts are like, then let's fucking really beat this chick's ass. And they put her and uh, Willow Nightingale into like a crucifix position. And then out from the crowd, I think it was, comes Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. And they're standing behind the outcast. And then Hikaru is like, ha, ha, ha. Britt Baker, uh, Jamie Hayter take out two of them. Sheeta fucking spray paints Saraya's eyeball in the face. The... Yeah, right in the face. Jesus yeah. Christ! Yeah,
1: I love this. They got me right. So Sheeta comes out, and I was like, "Oh, Sheeta's back!" And then she drops and does the hug, and I was like, "Oh, nice." I was like, "Swerve, cool." But then I was sitting there thinking. I was immediately thinking. I was like, "I don't know. If this is going to go over so well. Like Sheeta and the Outcast feels odd, force right? I was like, "This doesn't feel right." And then. As you said, out come the, uh, you know, uh, the, the ladies dressed in black. And I was like, ah, I see what they're doing. So they got me twice. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Really effective. Done well here, I think. But again, attention to detail. This is where hire me. I saw that they hired another podcaster, Will Washington or whatever, which credits him. Good for you. I hope you do the job well. Come on could the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can probably do it better. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you're, if you're in the business of hiring fucking podcasters, Hit me up because you guys fucking forgot. At the end of this segment, we got Haruhi Oshida, Jamie Hader, and Britt Baker hugging it out. Hey guys, isn't this great? Let's walk off and forget Willow Nightingale, who the whole fucking thing was centered around, laying in the ring. What the fuck, guys? Yeah, like they didn't help her up. They didn't. They just literally left the ring. I just let her, like a f-
1: fuck her. <laughs>
0: yeah, <was> one of- <laughs> she's fat. Let's go. <laughs> what the fuck? You guys are so stupid. It was the dumbest thing. I I almost yelled. I mean, look, it's because I love Willow Nightingale more than any of the parts uh, in the yeah. story. Um, But yeah, they just completely left her. I was like, yeah, just left her dumb shits. Yeah, Anyhow. yeah, she
1: could have woke up about the same time as the people. They just beat up, and then she's got to get her ass kicked again. <laughs> well, yeah, and she's just got like
0: <laughs> look around, like what the fuck happened here? <laughs>
1: yeah, you think they're yeah. back there later, like at catering, and somebody's like, "Hey, Will's getting beat up again." They're
0: like, "Oh shit, we forgot Will." <laughs> 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 yeah. There. Uh, yeah. All right. So then after that, uh, we go to a backstage segment, pre-recorded, taped uh, interview. It's the House of Black, and Tim, let me get your thoughts on this. They are the trio's champions, if you recall. And they said, guess what, motherfuckers? The house is open. Open house rules. And now, I wrote this down. Hopefully, I get this right. So, it's a 20-second count outside of the ring. Yep. No rope escapes. So, submissions are going to be hard.
1: Yeah. I like how they frame that, too. Right?
0: Yeah. And then a DQ will be enforced. But if I understand this correctly, it's decided on by the challengers. Like this is not in the rules or something. What? But the the last thing yeah,
1: confused it me. Seemed, yeah, the last part confused me a little bit, and I took it as like DQ will be enforced if you want it,
0: right? Okay. Yeah. Maybe that. Right? Right? That's that's
1: was... the that's what we're giving you back, right? Like you can they'll they'll call DQ, but I think you can in the moment decline to take it okay or before the match starts you have to say this is no dq either way but i think it's almost better where in the moment right where they'll get a chance to be like yeah no fuck it dq him yeah fuck it you know what i mean or be like oh yeah 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 yeah, fuck it
0: yeah because all right good that makes more sense because i was thinking like no hey everything's legal except for stairs or something i like
1: how he said you know rope breaks won't be forced because like there's no easy out for you here You're going to have to deal with this pain. You either fight your way out of it, you fucking give up, right? Like, there's Mm -hmm. no easy way out here. I like that framing of it. This is interesting.
0: It's also indicative that they're going to hold on to these for a while, yeah? You would hope so. Now, let's fast forward to the next match, which, again, hire me. It helps to have details and continuity. If you're, before this fucking match, going to have the trios champions say, open house rules are coming up with a new format. Anyone who wants it can come get it again. I'm paraphrasing here. Then when you do the trade to mile trios, battle Royal, make it for the number one contender.
1: Yeah. I, I like, I thought that's what it was. Like, why did we have a trios battle Royal? If it wasn't about that, that we said earlier, that one yeah. caught me confused. Yeah. Just, it was the like
0: easiest it. thing. It was the easiest thing just to be like, no. So at, you know, the next pay-per-view, double or nothing, the winner of this battle royal is taking on House of Black in a house rules match or whatever the fuck they're calling it. Like, it, that's the easiest fucking God. Goddamn, guys. Fucking Will Washington. Where the fuck you at? First day. Come on.
1: <laughs> no,
0: I'm kidding. Um. All right, Jeffrey so, still said
1: Will Washington is a good, smart encyclopedia of wrestling, and he's also Swerve's cousin, so maybe he had a inside hookup on an
0: interview. He seems like a nice guy. <laughs> he does. Yeah. Every interview oh, I've yeah, seen he seems it, yeah. like a nice guy. Yeah. In the trio's <laughs> battle royal was the Lucha Bros <laughs> with Vikingo, Dip mm-hmm. Sabian, Butcher and the Blade, Dark Order, Varsity Athletes, The Acclaimed, and the saddest moment of the night, Cutie Marshall, Aaron Solo, and Powerhouse Hobbs. How the fuck do you go losing from the TNT Championship to Battle Royal status?
1: And losing that.
0: Yeah, just because you got receding hairline cutie Marshall next to you, what the fuck is that about?
1: Yeah, and another thing that I took from this whole Battle Royal also is, in AEW, in 2023, we cannot have Billy Gunn in a Battle Royal. Because Billy Gunn (laughs) just outsizes every single person there. He made powerhouse Hobbs look like a small dude.
0: He looked, He made him look smaller. He didn't make him look sm- like like a small dude. He made him bring him back to, to to size a little bit. But, yeah, it's just he dwarfs everyone, even because the one that I thought was like, ooh, that's not a good look, is the butcher. The butcher looks yeah. like a little, little man next to fucking Billy Gunn, and that's where it's like, hey, Billy, you're really cool, but you got to stand 10 feet away from any other... Yeah. Big guy yeah. we got. But listen,
1: game. you've been on the WWE diet for 40 years now and doing these competitions where like you're larger than any human being should be. It's probably unhealthy yeah. for you. So we've got to stop yeah. this.
0: <laughs> yeah. If you would have just <laughs> ate meat and vegetables, you'd look like Kip Sabian, but because of the WWE diet, you'll look like you. So maybe just stop staring or standing next to all of our big guys. Um, but yeah, so we get all the fun stuff. I will say the, the thing that uh stood out to me the most was again the Max Caster rap. And the line where he talked about, Hey, dark order, it's been a year and you still don't have a black friend. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. when are we going to address that? They're just white dudes hanging out with white dudes. Like, and and I'm not saying here's one thing that I will say I've, I've said for a long time, I am a, for lack of a better term champion of diversity. I want diversity because I think more representation helps the community be less Uh, you know, sexist, uh, racist, all the isses that there is in the world, right? So diversity helps with making you a better person. But I also don't want it to be forced, right? I don't Mm -hmm. want John Silver... And Alex Reynolds to just be standing next to yeah. Swerve Strickland.
1: What we can't do is like, all right, every four man faction has to have one black guy, has to have one girl, has to have one yeah. other, has to have one white guy. Yeah. Then it's all the same. Then it's not right. diverse. Right.
0: Yeah. But I do want, hey, the Dark Order is kind of a dorky group. You know who else is probably a dorky guy? The Captain Sean Dean. Like, what the fuck is he doing? Put him in there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah motherfucker salutes to nothing like get him in there he's a fucking idiot assumed like he was a nice guy at the basketball thing i will say that but you know what i'm saying like yeah we can have more than just white dudes i
1: I like that he took a a a dig on the lamar jackson situation even though he's in Baltimore. that was fun too yeah
0: (laughs) yeah that was great yeah making more money than lamar jackson i like that so jeffrey Sill says
1: powerhouse hobbs dark order
0: man that would be a unique fit right there Powerhouse Hobbs, mink coat, no shirt, (laughs) powerbomb motherfuckers. Here's the thing. Here's my pitch. Actually, we'll get to it when we get to it. But I got a pitch for Powerhouse Hobbs that is way better than what he's doing and way better than what someone else is doing. But at the end of this, the acclaimed and daddy-ass get the victory. So I guess we will do the math. And it seems like at double or nothing – we're going to get the House of Black versus the acclaimed and daddy ass. The hell is going to be that build up? And is this in the open
1: house rules? Like, I would assume seem so. F- the 20 second outside the ring thing bothers me a little bit because these 10 second counts are already a minute and a half long, right? Right. Yeah. We just call it a no count out, right? There's yeah. no count outs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the, the uh, reasoning behind it is they're so dastardly that Brody King and Buddy Matthews yeah. want to inflict more pain yeah, on the Yeah, but outside. I would just say but no count outs no count because out. you yeah.
1: can't escape, right? Like, you can't right. run away from us.
0: Yeah, I like that better. Yeah, I agree
1: We will you drag way. you back from wherever you are, and you know what I mean?
0: I, I will say, for the House of Black, this is a very uh, make-or-break kind of feud because Max Caster— It hit you with some rhymes that your character might not be able to come back from. He might point out whatever it is. For example, the Dark Order doesn't have any black friends, right? Like when he said that as a heel and you saw that with the Dark Order, you're like, oh, yeah, what the fuck is that about?
1: Yeah, let's say he points out that one of Brody King's tattoos looks like a penis. He'll be done for the rest of his time in AEW.
0: Yeah. And it might, you know what I mean? Like it might be backstage, uh, an inside joke that the one on his forearm kind of looks like a dick. And then if he brings that up, Brody King's got to wear fucking he's t-shirts. He's dick
1: forearm guy from now on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's got to wear long sleeve shirts all the time. Uh, so that's where it's, it's very risky. He wears compression
1: life. sleeves. Like he's blue Tista. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I hope breaking kayfabe here for a second. That the six of them get backstage and, like, hey, Max, we know you're going to say some shit. Here's like the three things you just please don't say, right? Just please don't say these three things because it'll kill us. Okay, cool. Right. But because again, like I said, he'll ruin fucking House of Black in a heartbeat if he wants to, but we'll see what happens. Um, Okay. Uh, Then we go backstage, Sammy Guevara uh told mjf he'd watch the show back from last week and he saw that no one was in the car yeah and then mjf said oh he's got back pain from carrying the company and i'm a bad friend yeah. and he goes to walk off and sammy says no and kisses him on the forehead and i couldn't Here... sidebar even going back to the blackpool combat club segment another criticism i have outside of the camera shots being missed on big time moments backstage sound <clears throat> barely could yeah. fucking hear anything
1: yeah yeah what he was telling him was he was like you know like i'm sorry i doubted you and he's like cool but i'm really like miss can you tell them what we got going on right and and he's like yeah i'll, I'll start telling him but then the fun part of that is sammy Guevara starts telling him and mjf just interrupts him anyway and starts talking over him uh i loved another thing that's great about MJF and we talk about like promo skills are great and and does good wrestling and all that jazz. The timing of what he does is always spot on. Right. So like Mm -hmm. the fake crying, the obvious overdone like voice (laughs) of like, Oh, I'm sad now. And the turn to walk away and Sammy grabs his, his hand and you just see the shit eating grin. Right. Like I got this motherfucker. Right. Yeah. And then he pulls him back in his face is like, Oh, (laughs) you know, like what, what's going on. Right. Uh, perfect timing and this is where mjf where I, i'm not surprised if like mjf goes on to acting at some point you know what i mean when it starts to get you know a little too a little too much on the bumping and bruising right because he's got those kind of chops and this was well, done he's doing really that- well here
0: yeah he's doing that von eric movie so he might be making yeah. connections right now as we speak oh um, the other thing
1: too where he was like he goes that's right. And then we're gonna beat you guys. It's gonna be a one-on-one match. And then he's gonna lay down like a little bit like my best friend. And he was like, What were you gonna say? And he's like, No, I said we got our theme music match.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Very good. It yeah. was I, I I got it the second time around because the first time around, especially when uh Sammy pulled him back in, I couldn't get anything that first round. Cause I was like, What the fuck are they saying? And so mic some motherfuckers up if you know they're gonna be talking, god damn it
1: got something new in the chat here uh wrestling talk what uh, up what at? it says hey yeah, new man. here well welcome good we love wrestling friends we like new wrestling friends so stick around hang out talk with us so, join the table nation uh you yes. can check out more content from us on spanish announce table.substack.com got to get the plugs in there plug it up like we're yeah. anyway
0: yeah and uh subscribe to the channel you'll get notified when we do this shit yeah. each and every week yeah, yeah. Um, right now right. we're doing
1: an AW Dynamite recap. So Tom's gonna get us back into what was going on that night.
0: Yeah, then we get into a really good backstage segment. Don Callis is back there with Kenny Omega. And Kenny Omega is essentially saying, Hey, John Moxley, like next week. And Don Callis is like, I ain't having any of this shit. Look here, John. See what you did to my forehead. I gotta wake up and see this thing every fucking week. And I'm gonna For the make rest Kenny- of his life too. Yeah. That's an actual fucking <laughs> mark yeah. he's got, man. And he's like, I'm going to make Kenny Omega make you pay for what you did to me. So next week in a cage. And I swear to God, like, we got Double or Nothing coming up in a couple weeks, but that's a pay-per-view quality match. John Moxley, Kenny Omega. It is. If it was WWE... My fear would be, oh, uh, they're not even getting into the cage. Something's gonna happen that will lead to Blackpool Combat Club versus the Elite. But with AEW, I feel like we're gonna get a twenty-minute fucking banger, and then we're gonna get the story afterwards. So
1: yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, uh, poor Don Callis, man, he really got himself good with that, that scar. Man, he really just hit that corner just right, and he busted everything open.
0: Son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, okay, so then this is what I was alluding to earlier. I'm gonna get to it now. Uh, next up, we had Wardlow versus fill-in-the-blank. Warm body. Wardlow wins. Here's where Wardlow needs to stop. As much as I said, hey, Powerhouse Hobbs needs to put a mink coat on, no shirt, powerbomb motherfuckers, Wardlow needs to be like an assassin's, not Assassin's Creed, but like uh, Jason Statham mm-hmm. or like some suave Silent Assassin. Yeah, some, because... Stop flexing because you're not bigger than anyone else on the fucking roster, right? You're it looks like you're getting skinnier, especially with that singlet that's riding up your ass each and every time you fucking wrestle like the (laughs) fucking thing. gets higher and higher to be it's by the time double or nothing happens. It's gonna be a fucking thong. Maybe that's what he's going for. Maybe. Hey, look and cool. Like, that's fine. But that's not (laughs) what you're trying to tell me. Right. And also your power bombs. My guy. Are they're the safest looking power bombs ever? It's an yeah. edge spear, you know what I mean? But like, you know how yeah. edge spears them like this and barely touches them. It's yeah, like I don't a- think this Arn
1: Anderson thing is gonna get him over the top. Remember when they tried to do uh, Paul Heyman is now Cesaro's manager, and it just didn't, still didn't work, right? It's just like there's still got to be something. It just, it, I don't know. I'm not getting the feel out of Wardlow. You're right, nothing feels better or even kind of moderately above average at what he does.
0: Right. My, my hope is whatever, because look, I think the bookers that B, whether that's Christopher Daniels, Tony Khan, whoever the fuck it is, I think they identified, Hey, we can't just try to put this square peg in a round hole and expect it to be fucking gold for us. Right. I'm hoping that Arn Anderson is going to be the one after the next slip up from Wardlow transitions him into the next chapter, not trying to steal from powerhouse Hobbs, but the next chapter of Wardlow. That's what my hope is that why he's here, because as of right now, he's not done a thing, right? He's not said or done a thing to Wardlow that would make us say like, "Arnie Anderson's here, right? There's been fucking nothing. But.
1: The mute here, whatever happened to, um, this idea that we had a long time ago of like this new horseman in AEW now if not Anderson want to lead a new horseman and Wardlow is just kind of the enforcer guy, right? Where he's the muscle doesn't say much. And then he's leading another thing. I, I think mean, he that needs, would fit better than
0: what we got. I think he needs. So here's the thing with Wardlow. And again, I've seen him up uh, close in person. We saw him at all in or excuse me, all out in Chicago, uh, September of last year, he's not had that fucking seats. big. Cause yeah. he's not that he's not that fucking big. He's just not that fucking big. So this enforcer role needs to just get out of your fucking mind when you're booking. Yeah. He, it's not him. He's big. I'm not saying he's not big. He's not Adam Cole, but he is not this fucking, uh, that I can name 10 fucking guys on the AW roster. Don't get me started on WWE who are fucking bigger than this guy. So, this fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll say this. I understand a little bit of my hypocrisy (laughs) saying that and then Taz being one of my favorite wrestlers who was five foot nothing throwing motherfuckers. But when Taz did his offense, it looked like it fucking hurt. So either keep doing this thing and break someone's fucking neck not seriously but make it look like
1: yeah, it. you better ramp up the intensity with that right like i'd yeah. rather see the suplex city versus this powerbomb symphony
0: right or or like you know how kevin nash used to do his powerbombs where he would just be like you're up there <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking sucks to be you like something like that where it's like i don't fucking care about these people watch them go you know See <laughs> he's like yeah, he's just doing this like I'm following to the ground and there they are. And now How about we're we change it up? to
1: Ooh. uh Ooh. an Arn Anderson classic, and let's let's change his finisher to the brainbuster. Spine Buster. Spine Buster would work. Yeah. yeah. Well, power salves kind of does it. But that's yeah. the problem. Well that's where Is the power- brain
0: buster comes in, right? Then he's yeah. just dumping guys on their heads. Yeah. Something, but like Wardlow ain't working. With all that being said, after the match, Wardlow says, Luchasaurus, get your big fucking dinosaur ass out here. We're fucking fighting right now. Here comes Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. And here's the swerve. Oh, you thought the shot was for Luchasaurus? It's for me. Now, Tim, I have a question for you on that. It looked to me with my grizzled old eyes that after Christian said, It's me, not Luchasaurus, Wardlow and Arn Anderson said, Interesting. But Luchasaurus stood there by himself going, huh? Mm. Like, <clears throat> wait a minute. That is him? Or am I misreading that? Well, I noticed he stayed
1: afterwards and kind of looked at him, but I don't know that with that mask and kind of his dark hair and features that we can necessarily read a facial. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it, if I got the same read out of that, but it did cross my mind as like, why would Luchasaurus sign up for this?
0: Right? Why would he why come would, from the he, yeah. depths why would of he hell come back
1: to... after all this time with more darkness now? For this, like, man, Christian really is a good cult leader, right? If that's what we're saying here, which again, I, hey, I love Christian. I'm saying the praises of Christian Cage uh, for. A decade now on this show but that did feel odd to me right and it it also makes me kind of wonder is that really is it what we're getting or is that still part of the lead up to this maybe luchasaurus does but it's kind of a swerve i don't know i don't know where to think about this and i guess they've been slow playing this from the jump so more will come but i'm afraid that more will come means we got to see more wardlow out there you know it straps down time. Like, all right, I
0: don't give a shit. Cool. <laughs> right. your, your, your 20 and a half inch arms that I see fucking every day at yeah. Chiefs Fitness. Planet Fitness
1: dudes, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Really,
0: really throwing yeah. me back. Yeah. Um, all right. Then let's get into. Uh... Yeah. wargo like, looks
1: the... like a bouncer in a bar. He doesn't look like the monster that's coming into the pro wrestling ring and hitting him. Now, the bouncer at the bar is big, bigger than you, going to throw you out. If, if you're if you're acting up right but like
0: <laughs> he looks like the bouncer in the bar who wants you to say hey i'm physically impressive don't fucking make this right escalate. don't fight me but yeah, it, right but when it does hey i need two people i need two here and then they're all fucking getting you and you're like yeah, you're yeah. a bitch yeah you've done that before right oh i have what got kicked out and like you're fucking bigger than me why'd you need two other people pussy and then just ah motherfucking your hands behind your back you Um, pussy
1: i don't think i've been thrown out of a bar like that where the bouncer needed to like throw me out i've been told i gotta go (laughs) and i've went um but that was because it was on a in the bar on a military installation when i was serving and i was like all right i'm not trying to yeah, <laughs> you right. know what i mean i'm trying to get ruined over this um so yes uh that's fun though but you're right he does look like the guy again he looks like a guy who works out but isn't a fighter right?
0: man that just got me thinking there was one time where uh a former co-host of mine way back in the day, Ozone. oh yeah And a former number one contender for a UFC championship and myself were hanging Mm. out in a very well-established bar, the kind of bar you need to wear a tie to. Mm. And we were not the type that were wearing ties. You even own ties then? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you know, but like we weren't wearing them, right? You know? And it got to the point where unnamed UFC fighter, as we were all getting kicked out forcefully said, I've been kicked out of nicer places than this before. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that.
1: Yeah, so many names are coming across my mind. That I'll have to get with you yeah. on, on the side. Like, like, I've, I've,
0: <laughs> I've been kicked out of, like, to like shit on the place right before he's out. I just love that. Anyhow, that's sidebar. Let's get back into dynamite. Um, here's a controversial segment, at least in my eyes, because I don't know if I saw it, but I saw people who said, Best segment of the night. Best segment of AEW's year. I didn't see it. But what we had here was a pre tape segment. Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, Satnam Singh show up at Mark Briscoe's house. And they want to apologize for the misunderstanding. Mark Briscoe says, hey, guys, it's time to get to work. So then we get country shenanigans. Jeff Jarrett's mowing. Satnam Singh's in overalls and then jeff Jarrett's gonna sing his song right because that's yeah. the thing that first got him over and st- got him over again on his podcast or on i guess uh uh whatever whistle dicks podcast what the fuck's that guy's name bruce pritchard that's his name um and right before he's gonna sing papa briscoe comes out and everyone straightens up and they leave and then papa briscoe's like hey watch out for the guy in the overalls. And Mark Briscoe was yeah. like, which one he's like, both of them, both of them. And, yeah. All right. Yeah. And so then we finally wrap this segment up with Jay lethal saying, Hey, look, Jeff Jarrett beat one of your FTR guys. I beat the other FTR guy, double or nothing. It's us, you know, team TNA versus FTR and Mark Briscoe, you beat uh, FTR. So give us some strategy. And we end the segment. Yeah. What did you think?
1: Yeah, somebody said to you that this was the greatest AEW segment oh. of all time. Oh, of the year? No, of the year. They said
0: of yeah, the year. They're no. Like this. bad. Uh,
1: again. I didn't hate this. This is fine for me. Like it, it, if I've got to deal with Jeff Jarrett and whatever, like this kind of segment, I prefer. Right? It's it's a little tongue and cheek. It, it's got some humor associated with it. We're going out to see the crazy Mark Briscoe world. I can live with that. That's fine. I liked it. I didn't hate it. Um, and it fit. Right? I mean we've known the chicken farm to be a, a wacky place in pro wrestling lore. So, uh, and, and the Mark Briscoe stuff fits again. Another issue that we have here though, is AEW's running into this again, where I don't know who Mark, who or daddy Briscoe is right. Or Papa Briscoe is if I've never watched anything, but AEW or even WWE television ever, you might no. gather from the, Appearance that he's his father, right? But like, I I don't know the story behind why everybody's afraid of him and why he, you know, what I mean that kind of stuff. So, um, it was fine. It's certainly in no way. I think a segment we get later. It was probably better than than than
0: this one. Yeah, yeah. So look, first off, I'll just I, it's a coincidence, but like, I'm wearing a Briscoe shirt. I fucking love the briscoes I loved when it was Briscoe versus Briscoe on the chicken farm and Papa Briscoe was the fucking ref. I like the majority of all of the chicken farm segments in ring of honor. And that deal with Mark Briscoe, I think Mark Briscoe was the best part of this segment who I honestly had the biggest beef with was Sanjay Dutt. And I get it. It was supposed to be tongue in cheek, but like he's, he's turning into like, you know, when a TV show becomes successful And then towards the end of their run, the characters stop being characters and they become caricatures of who they are. That's who Sanjay Dutt feels like. It's like, now you're just a caricature of the Weasley little heel manager. And it's like, you're overacting. You're Mm -hmm. not believable. You take me out of the segment, like for as great as Stokely Hathaway is on one side, Sanjay Dutt lately has been on the yeah, opposite side that. as far as bad.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I I didn't like like I again, Satnam didn't give you much to complain about because he's just sitting there looking out of place in his overalls, which is great, right? Yeah. Uh, Mark fine. Briscoe, though, is great. He's like, the hell are you guys here for? And they're like, Oh, we're, whatever, we're here to work. He's like, You're here to work? Let's go. Right? Like, let's get it going. And yeah. I like where they're like you know what i mean they're like we just did that and he's like not enough (laughs) like that kind of shit right all that was fine but yeah man the the cast of characters we're dealing with here are just they're off-putting
0: well and jeff jarrett and jay lethal and at least in this segment didn't do anything memorable enough for me to even know what they did yeah it was just sanjay dutt every time i was like dude stop You're, you're you're a try hard like calm down and you'll be way better at this which he's been doing subtlety. it for a long time. So he, yeah. yeah subtlety. Just,
1: I don't need you to act, you know what I mean? Like you're dumb, dumb, right? Like I just need you to be a little
0: slow, or, right? Like when we're talking overly, about that kind of yeah, right? or overly like, what the hell? Yeah. It's, stop, man. That's what I don't yeah. need that shit. Another thing I don't need is uh one half of the next matchup we get. It's Ricky Starks, one of the cooler guys in pro wrestling, versus Juice Robinson. And Bullet Club, Rubber Band, Gold, whatever the fuck, Gold Bond. Bang fucking Bus gang. Yeah, Bang Bros, Bubble Butts. I don't know what the fuck they call themselves. They suck. They're fucking nerds. Yeah. I've tried to give them a chance. And look, I'm still going to hold out hope. There has to be something that I'm missing. Because everyone has fucking told me that Jay White is the fucking switchy blade and yeah. i'm waiting for it but each time yeah he comes off cringier He's and cringier.
1: it just doesn't feel uh, again i don't see anything overwhelming me with like hey, this guy's amazing at fill in the blank right so i just uh yeah i can i can deal without jay white it was another one when he showed up i thought man why is he here same thing with this uh rock hard juice robinson i think the same thing now i want to give him credit we said like ricky starks has to win this right like he's got to be the guy who comes away from this feud is winning and so he won this match i don't know if the feud's over but he won this
0: match well and then the other thing that i noticed is uh hey jay white you're so fucking cool right you're neat you're the you're the hot free agent that both wwe and aew wanted you're the fucking talk of the town the talk of the industry it's been three weeks and all of a sudden now you're dressing like ricky starks so maybe you're not that fucking cool because the last thing i remember hearing about you before all this bullshit was essentially you're a fucking kenny omega ripoff and so now you're ripping off ricky stark style Maybe you're just a biter. Maybe you just bite on everyone else's shit and you ain't really got anything. Bullet club. It's been 10 fucking years and now it's gold. <laughs> Look at this. We're going to put our hands on a gun signal and smack them together. <laughs> fucking nerd. <laughs> like, we've said
1: this before. This is a long-term uh, phrase that we've used here. The, and this is what I meant by it. These are nerds that act cool, right? They oh. act like they're the cool guys in the room, but the cool guys in the room
0: think they're fucking nerds, right? Like it just, I don't know. And if you're a nerd and you like this, let me just tell you, stop. There's <laughs> cooler people to fucking look up
1: Listen, to. if you're a nerd, don't.
0: Yeah, just don't first. <laughs> but if you're going to look up to someone, Ricky Starks is better. Swerve Strickland is better. MJF is better. Powerhouse Hobbs. Powerhouse cool. Hobbs is better. Even if you want to go a little bit. Darby Allen's cooler than these fucking guys. And we don't even like Darby Allen that much. But he's fucking more believable and more authentic than these fucking tryhards. And I know I'm using tryhards a lot because I'm trying not to say another word, but like these guys are not fucking cool. They're the JV team of fucking being. Something in this industry. They're right. they're fucking nothing, guys. Cool. They got a fucking move they can do. <laughs> I bet you I can find 10 fucking guys at Central States Wrestling that can do the same thing, probably a little bit better. Like yep. I stop. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So it'll be cool when Jay White beats Ricky Starks at double or nothing. Next up, we get uh backstage, MJF. Uh, sneaks into Darby Allen and uh, Jungle yeah. Boy's locker room mm-hmm. as Darby Allen walked out and here's a we'll get to it here but a W or a, a wrestling trope that I've never understood but let's get to it so MJF goes back there and he reminds Jungle Boy hey uh, remember a long time ago when I said like cut the goody two shoes bullshit and like you could be the top guy I mean look at what I'm fucking doing for Dana mm-hmm. Guevara he's never mattered more than when he's with me Never so made more about, money.
1: Never all yeah. Of that. Yeah.
0: So how about you kick this fucking little dork? Squ- yeah, this uh little nerd over here to the curb. Me and you hang out. Now you can't be champ because you're not that good. But it'd be fun, wouldn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. I, and then Jungle Boy does his. No, I'm not gonna do it. Right. And so here's the pro wrestling trope. So then Darby comes back opens the door and then MJF is like, Hey, you need to talk to your partner. You need to talk to your partner and walks out and Darby Allen goes, what's that? And here's the pro wrestling trope. Jungle boy just goes, ah, just say it. Hey man, he tried to get in between us. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Just say, Yeah, when he says, don't worry
1: about it. Why didn't he just say, uh, he was trying to be a douchebag and he was trying to fucking get me to swerve you over.
0: Yeah. Just say the thing. I don't, I've never understood why a baby face would be like, it's not important yeah because
1: if you want that to happen he goes what was that and then he goes well he goes yeah you know what fucking save it I don't even fucking I don't know if I'll believe the answer you give me right like
0: you could do that yeah Yeah, that Mm -hmm. would be the okay then jungle boy says well then piss off yeah exactly because then you have that like all right well fuck you too man yeah but for you to just for the baby face which again has been a pro wrestling thing for as long as I can remember just to be like ah dude it's fine what just say it yeah, Anyhow, just say it. Uh, so but then again, we get to...
1: the execution of what they try to do here, I think ultimately, I give I give it good grades here because uh, it was that right him him sneaking in there trying to oh, to create yeah. the tension, and then the tension is created even though it wasn't the way he wanted. Right, like it, it's mm-hmm. good
0: stuff. Yeah, now yeah, again, that was my criticism not of just those three, but just pro wrestling as a whole for what they did. It was it was spot on. It was very yeah. good. That's just a splitting hairs thing that I've always noticed. Um, so yeah, now we get into the main event. It is MJF, Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, and Jungle Boy. Tim, what you think of this four pillars tag team match?
1: The match was good, right? We again, the reason we like all these guys is is they put on a good show and this, they've been telling us a good story. I, I just again, I felt like this was a lot of roundabout to get where we're getting now. They had to fill a lot of time, so. Interesting, I don't think we've ever seen it done this way before to build a fatal four-way where it was like, we want a fatal four-way. No, three-man tournament to determine the thing. One person wins, but now we're going to try to get you back in, right? Yeah, I guess it's been fine. Um, But you just knew how this was going to go, right? Like, it, you, the we knew they had to win.
0: To a certain extent. The thing that I like the most is so on one side of the, the matchup, uh, mjf and sammy guevara it went exactly as we thought right hey they're working together they're doing all the heel tactics and then they implode and one of them wants the pin and the other one wants the pin okay but what i liked is that same attitude was also on the baby face side where jungle boy hits his fucking finisher and he goes for the pin didn't realize that Darby tagged himself in, does the coffin drop, and he gets the victory. Ha, ha, ha. I did it all on my own. I like that aspect of, Mm -hmm. hey, going into this match, we ain't cool. Like, I know we don't like those two, but I don't like you either. So I like that aspect.
1: Yeah, I would have leaned on that even a little bit more. Like, after the coffin drop move, I would have had Jungle Boy, like, watching the pinfall and then at the last second take him off and almost be kind of be like shit why did i do that <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. like yeah like fuck no pin him again pin him again sorry fuck Fuck. <laughs> you know what <laughs> i mean like just then i be like what the fuck are you doing right like maybe do that like, i don't know
0: or, or like do the coffin drop and then he takes uh darby's leg and pulls him and then tags himself back in and then he gets <laughs> the pin like ah you bitch you thought you were to yeah. get one on me yeah right. something like that uh but i do like that all four guys have friction it's not yeah we're on the same page going into this it's we're past that all of us don't like each other in one way or the other and then we get the graphic at the end to in, uh, finish up the show where it hits mjf oh god yeah. i gotta wrestle all three of but these i still
1: guys. i still would have preferred i think the better more fun story to tell is they continue this bullshit friend. I'm going to take a dive for you. And then we get to the match and he doesn't right. And seeing that story unfold live into a real match, we're getting robbed of that now because now nobody can run this same gimmick back and get there. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. ah, like I felt like they did two stories in the one here. However, we wouldn't have done that.
0: However, I know they imploded but we could, hey, they made up this week. They could make up again and then say, hey, what we're going to do going into this match is we're going to take out Darby first, right? He's the smallest of the two. Then we're going to go after Jungle Boy. And then from there, hey, remember that check I wrote you? Lay down. And Sammy goes, you're right, MJF. You're always right. And then. Yeah, haha, you can say I you can you.
1: still get your money if you still yeah. help me win here, right? We're both right. going to take out those things. We'll have the thing. And then, yeah, and then maybe in match he's like. Nope, he does the, like, yank MJ off, and MJF is like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, sorry, sorry, sorry. Pin him again, and he pins him, and then he still pulls him off. He's like, sorry, sorry. I'm fucking, yeah. But yeah, he
0: just won't let MJF win. Here's here's what I would do. If I have the pin, again, a T Mac, fun time here. This is how I would do this, just to really fuck over MJF, because I think we can all agree MJF's winning this match, right? He's going to continue yeah. his title reign, right? this is what i would do we say that right on the next uh dynamite and then going into the pay-per-view sammy and mjf are reunited again they're gonna be on the same page we get to double or nothing sammy's like hey man remember our agreement like that check like you know we've had some bumpy roads i'm gonna need that like before this matchup right yeah. And MJF is like, but are you going to do it? He's like, of course. When have I failed? Like, we had that little mix up in the tag match, but since then, what have I ever done wrong? It's like, yeah, okay. Okay. And he writes the check, you know, and hands it to him. And then he leaves. And let's just say MJF talks to like one of his rats, you know, because sometimes he'll have women there, you know, and stuff. And he's like, he won't even have time to fucking cash it. And we go into the match. Then. It's a knockdown drag out fight, right? Coffin drops all the shit. We get to the part where it's just Sammy and MJF in the ring. And Sammy looks at MJF. Sammy lays down. MJF's like, <laughs> he's really gonna fucking do it. Lays on top of him. One, two. He kicks out. And then MJF's like, What the fuck was that? And Sammy's like, what? He's like, you're lay down. And then Sammy points up to the big screen. Ty Mello has the fucking check and she's cashing it. And then the fucking money is gone from yeah, MJF. I like it. And then they go into fighting each other.
1: I like that. That's what they should do. Yeah, I even I, like if we find a way to get Sammy to actually help MJF win. And then Sammy goes to cash the check and it's no good. It's like not a real. Well, show. Yeah. Now you know, that's going to be, yeah. If fake. you really want to make They're like, sir, yeah. he signed this Mickey mouse.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you really wanted to like fuck Sammy over, that would be the funniest thing, but to fuck yeah. over MJF because he's now the champ, right? Cause then he gets a pin on jungle boy, but He's the champ and I'm making up a number here. 5 million dollars poor, right? And so you're the champ but now you ain't got no fucking money. And then you could even do a couple weeks of him in the poor house, right? Have him coming up in like a uh a Volkswagen Beetle to the dynamite cuz he doesn't have any money for his cars, like doing something silly like that.
1: Yeah. Jeffrey Sill says the tournament was stupid, the format was dumb. I think they should have had a four pillars round robin tournament. They all wrestle each other at least once before, uh, and the best two goes a double or nothing for the championship. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think we even discussed a similar idea on the show. But, but what would you I, do you know. with the
0: third then? But what would you do to the third, right? So the be- the two go to take on
1: Yeah, see, the, the four pillars thing doesn't – yeah, because like what if MJF wasn't in the top two? So you almost have to like – yeah. Right. No, but you could have done a three-way round robin, right? Because that only would have taken you a couple of weeks
0: but then what do you do for double or nothing for let's say it's Sammy Guevara. That doesn't make it in.
1: Oh yeah. No, you know, know.
0: because the whole selling point of this is four pillars. So like, yeah. Um, Yeah. I will say uh, you can tell, you know, I think it was Jonathan Snowden on Twitter that we had this conversation on and, and he said like, if these are the four best wrestlers in your promotion right now, your promotion's in trouble. And I don't think that's necessarily the story AEW's ever told us. It's the, in the future, this is what will be the best.
1: Yeah, this is our foundation of our youth, kind of. a Right.
0: right. I will say, though, you can tell what each one brings in their own right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, Sammy has the uh, teen pop looks and does the crazy moves. Obviously, Darby is your Lincoln Park emo. Jungle Boy is the all-American good guy that's here to just win matches the right way, and then MJF is the biggest scumbag of all time, right? So it is good to see, like, hey, these are how they're different, right? This isn't just four Dolph Ziggler's, and we think they're really cool going forward. It's not four misses, right? (laughs) Yeah, not four (laughs) misses in a room. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I see. Yeah, that was AEW Dynamite.
1: Didn't hate it. I thought they had a lot of good segments here. I thought they built a lot uh, in the storyline, so I'm excited uh, that we're rolling into Double or Nothing here. And, yeah, just excited to get to the next week, I guess, and see where we go from it.
0: Yeah, I think I'm really excited. The the story that I'm anticipating the most going into the pay-per-view is however we get this elite Blackpool Combat Club. It feels like that's the match, but... Where's Takeshita? Mm. What's up with Hangman? How are we gonna get this uh, cage match in and out of the way to make it a title match or a- make it a tag team match later? So we'll see what happens.
1: Yep. Uh, Jeffrey Sills, one final question: is, Who are your true four pillars of AEW
0: right now? Like, here are the four best wrestlers for yeah. AEW. Like we build we'll see on that. Yeah moxley yep. hangman yep those are the two i got Mega, yeah. Omega, omega that fourth one is hard because those three were easy yeah the danielson i don't know
1: he's not it felt like no, he's, he's not a, out too much right
0: but he's not as active you know what i mean yeah, he's like the right. big spot mjf there you go that's what oh, I, would yeah, say. I would say right
1: yeah yeah, yeah. mjf moxley. omega mox and hangman yeah that feels more like a true four pillars of AEW. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because if you're that. ranking the future four, obviously MJF is one, two, and three, and the rest of them are fighting for tied for fourth. Um, and I think Darby wins out of the rest of the three. If I'm ranking the future four, it's MJF, Darby, Jungle Boy, Sammy.
1: So the the actual four pillars.
0: <laughs> no, what I'm saying is if if ranking those four, if I yeah. had to rank the four pillars that they
1: oh, have oh those four in what order of those four, four
0: that's who i'm yeah, yeah that makes yeah.
1: sense i thought you were saying like if i had to name the no <laughs> the no, young no, no, four no. Pillars, i was like well you just named the four pillars yeah <laughs> no, no no i got gotcha. you
0: well, and here's the thing that i don't think people realize is like they're young but hangman's not much older than them it's like a couple years you know what i mean mm-hmm. so like really he should be this yeah pillar that they're talking about but they threw him right in the main event from show one so it's a little different um and also ricky starks i think could surpass ricky starks sammy guevara easy um yeah i agree with that now uh jeffrey if you're uh asking me who my four favorite are i'm gonna have to kick Kenny omega out and put eddie kingston but i understand kit right now eddie kingston's over in ring of honor so i'll play by the rules but There ain't no one cutting a better fucking promo than Eddie Kingston. Nobody. All right, I think we
1: can leave you there. We'll remind you to go to SpanishAnnounceTable.Substack.com. Subscribe there. You can get the podcast. You can get all the articles each day. You can get the Pro Wrestling's best news.
0: Yeah, Wrestling Talk and Jeffrey Sills. We see who subscribe. We don't see you two. So Mm. go there to the Substack and subscribe. Come on! We told
1: you, you're gonna be our wrestling friends. Like this isn't a question. We're not asking you to be our wrestling friends. We're telling you, be our wrestling friends.
0: The Spanish announce table.